Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Back to Chris. This is the other side of the glass. Yeah! <laughs> on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Final hour of the program here. Chris Thomas hanging out with you. Going all the way to the top of the hour when Hawks pregame comes your way then. Mike Conti and Steve Holman will carry you through Hawks and Heat at State Farm Arena with their pretty blue new court. Go check that out on social media if you haven't seen it yet. We got a bunch of headlines I'll go through with you real quick before we get to a producer six-pack. If you missed it, Michigan did take down Penn State fairly easily, 24-15. That game was heard right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Most importantly, they did so without Jim Harbaugh, who... Until further notice, until this court order hearing takes place, which I believe is on Friday, he will be out for the remainder of the regular season. If you miss Coach Moore's speech after the game to Jenny Taft on Fox, go do yourself a favor and take 30 seconds and find it on Twitter. Again, there's about uh, 15 curse words in a matter of 10 seconds, so I'm not going to make Dom chop that up for us to hear because we basically wouldn't be able to hear it anyway, but... It was interesting. I'm curious to hear the reaction on Monday from the shows here on the station and across the country if they thought that his reaction was over the top or hit the right note because he was certainly emotional. Again, go check that out on Twitter. Right now, a couple of really good games going on. Florida State 20-13 to over Miami at home. Utah 28-27 lead over Washington on the road. We got Missouri with a 22-7 to lead at home over Tennessee. We got UCF. If you guys have, again, with these uniforms, these SpaceX uniforms for uh, UCF, they're powder blue. They're, I don't know. I I get what they're trying (laughs) to do, but not exactly my cup of tea there. I like the UCF uniforms. They're sharp. I don't know what they're doing this for. I I get the whole connection to the Space Force program, but those colors, though, could they have done something else with it? I don't know. Anyway, a couple other games going on right now. For those of you who took the historically low under in Iowa Rutgers, you're looking good right now in the fourth quarter. It is 6-0 Iowa with about uh, 14 minutes left in the fourth quarter. A couple more college football notes for you as well. Alabama absolutely mollywopped Kentucky. 49-21 big game for Jalen Milrow. Kansas gets upset by Texas Tech, so they're likely out of the top 25. And what was a shootout of a game, a fun one, but... Dion's buffs fall again, 34-31 at home to Arizona. They are now 4-6, and six, and you got to wonder what's up for the future of this program as they sort of reassess after the red-hot start that they had. We know Hawks are getting underway at 7.30 tonight. UGA under the lights at 7. 
looks like Brock Bowers is trying to give it a go. He's warming up and all the they're taking minute by minute video. Our friends Maria Martin, Allison Mastrangelo are reporting live from Athens. And every time I refresh Twitter, there's a new video showing Brock Bowers doing something a little bit more than the previous video that was posted 30 seconds ago. So that looks like a good situation for the all pro tight end there. And then, of course, tomorrow. Tomorrow, 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 where we spent the majority of today's show talking about that little game in Arizona tomorrow where the Falcons need to win. We spent and took plenty of your phone calls. You guys did a great job on the phones to kick off the first hour of the show. I think this game is a must win for the Falcons. I laid out all the reasons why I even did something so far as to look up the definition of a must-win game, share it with y'all, and then take a bunch of your phone calls on whether this is a must-win. If you missed that, go check out the Odyssey app. Just rewind to the first hour of the show and you'll get all that. Because right now, we got to get to a producer six-pack. Time for the producer six-pack on the other side of the glass. Six questions. Six questions. Six chances to produce greatness. On Sports Radio 92.9, the game. All righty. So we are set up here. And really quickly, do you agree with Stu, uh, Steve Coonan that the Hawks' blue courts are calming? Calming? Yes. You, he said that on Dukes and Bell. He ah. said it's a nice... It's a it's cool and calming kind of. <laughs> I mean, I guess it looks no, a little you, like airy and stuff. With the, I guess. I, mean, <laughs> I think that might have been a, a very uh, very Coonan Coonanism to say the least. Yes. All righty, but that is not my first question. However, my first question is still about the Atlanta Hawks. Um, Trey Young seemed to finally figure out how to shoot the ball again in well, Mexico. Well, a hold bit, on a, a second. Bit. Hold on a second. I believe he was 12 of 27 from the floor and one for five from three. Better than what he has been True. because and prior to then he's shooting like 20% right. on the field. Okay, fair enough. Continue. <laughs> As a close to 50, I'll take. My question to you is, does Trey Young keep that performance going tonight? Has Trey Young basically kind of worked himself out of that funk that he's uh, started off the season in? I uh, got to see it to believe it because, again, I just gave you the numbers, as we like to say on Dukes and Bell. Um, he's still not shooting well, but he was able to put up 40 the other night. I'll say he has another big game tonight, but, I mean, listen, I need that three ball to go in the freaking net. This team is not going to hit its stride and hit its potential until he gets his three game back. We're going on a season plus now where he hasn't been able to consistently shoot the rock from deep. So uh, give me a couple of big performances in that category, and then I'll say I'm all aboard. All righty, next question. All right, next up here, I do want to ask you kind of a funny question because um, I'm projecting a little bit and I'm looking forward to the next NFL season. I'll be the judge if it's funny or not. My question to you is, will Brock Bowers have more touchdowns in his rookie season in the NFL than Kyle Pitts has thus far in his career? Oh, um, you see, we're trying to be positive here. <laughs> we are. We're talking about a dog doing well in the NFL. Yeah. If, if this question is I mean, going what is he? Kyle doing. Pitts has what? Two touchdowns in his so. career in the NFL? So. Three? <laughs> Maybe? I mean, for Brock's sake, I hope so. Because he's obviously going to be featured wherever he goes. I mean, I mean, we thought Kyle Pitts would be featured. Yeah, I guess that's right. <laughs> but 
But we have so many other weapons. Tom. That's true. That is we true. We have that so is true. many other weapons, and he's going to be a high exactly. draft pick. So he's probably going to go so to a many... team with not as many weapons. So maybe be featured more. Yeah. Maybe like we thought. Kyle so Pitts many weapons would be featured. Um, like John U. Smith and, and yeah, and I'm going to say yes, just because again, if he, if he goes to like you know a team like the Cardinals, yeah, you know they're, they're going to use him. They're going to use him a lot. So yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that one might be a little fun. I thought that was gonna bother you a little bit. It's more morbid than fun, but <laughs> it was sure. fun for me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next up, you brought up the Cardinals there, and I want to ask you this. And I, and when I ask this question, I don't necessarily mean that uh, it would happen in season. But is Arthur Smith coaching for his job next this Sunday? Because if they lose this game, I don't think Arthur Smith would be let go in season. But if they lose this game, I definitely feel like this could be the game that the organization sits back and says, okay, you couldn't win this one. We'll, we'll let you finish out the year. But uh, Maybe. But I, I think he gets the coach to the end of the year regardless. Um, mm-hmm. But like you said, if they lose this game and then, God forbid, the game after that or, you know, vice versa, um, it's definitely on the table, which is unfortunate because yes. I, I think he's a good coach. I, I just, do too. I like Arthur a lot. I just something the mojo has just been off. It, mm-hmm. it, that's why getting a clean, concise, definitive. Again, my final score: give me thirty to ten. <laughs> give me twenty-one points in the red zone. Give me one or two touchdowns for Bijan. Give me a touchdown for Kyle Pitts. Use Drake London as a decoy as he's coming back from an injury. Run the ball forty-two times. And give ninety percent of those carries split between Bijan and Tyler, and then sprinkle a CP in there. And then can we just be, be <laughs> move on from it? Put these last three weeks aside and just mm-hmm. start fresh. Go to the bye week, come back with a brand new scheme, a brand new bag of tricks, and beat the crap out of the Saints. Can we just can we just have that, please? <laughs> I think we all deserve that after the uh-huh. last two weeks, please. Man. Hopefully you all get that. Hopefully we get that. We 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 deserve a win. I think. I think the Falcons deserve a nice. Right, Falcons fans Mr. deserve a Mr. good. Mr. Wee Steelers <laughs> fan over there. You don't give a crap. No, I I, I won't say that. I would. Li- I do like to see the Atlanta sports teams do well because the city has a vibe to it. The city is more like seeing how many people were excited for the Braves this season and like just it g- brings an excitement to the city that I like. So. Anyway. By the way, your favorite baseball team made a major mistake this week. Yeah. They let the – well, I like our guy, but – Listen. Uh, they let one of the best announcers in baseball walk. And if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. Chicago White Sox uh, play-by-play voice Jason Benetti is a star. He is yeah. a superstar. He's very he good. He multiple sports, and they essentially got rid of him for no reason, and then the Tigers swooped in, in yep. a division rival – and made him their new play-by-play voice. Just like, <laughs> Good okay. for them. Good for them. Be yeah. like the Braves firing Brandon Gordon and like you know the Marlins exactly. just being like, "Come on down." Yeah, sure. <laughs> All righty. Anywho, 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 anywho. Next question. My question to you, because there is another football game that will be going on tomorrow. However, we're talking about the real football. Aha! I see what you did there. The real football. The, the one that they spell F-U-T-B-O-L. With the little dots yeah, with the little, the, yeah, with the yeah. little accent. Yep. My question to you, after 
a pretty abysmal game one. United responded in a big way game two. You're going to a decisive game three. Give me a prediction. Can United pull off the upset against one of the better teams in the MLS? That game, by the way, on our sister station, Star 94. Want to make sure to get that message out there. If you're unable to check out the game live, make sure you go on the Odyssey app. Take it with you wherever you go, and it'll be on Star 94 with the Falcons being right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. So, Make sure that if you if you have a if you have a couple of minutes, maybe during a commercial, if you're a Falcons fan, you know, flip on flip over, back check and it, forth, yeah. check out Mike Conti, see what's going on with Atlanta United. Um, I mean, can they? Sure. Uh, look what happened in the game at, at the Benz. I yep. mean, looked really good. It was fast paced. The offense was moving and grooving. They put up four goals. I mean, I think Columbus will be tougher to take down at home as they proved in the first leg. Um, I think they're the better team. Yes, I think they're yeah. just a better team than United, like top to bottom roster-wise. But, of, of course, I mean, why not? Winner take all. Stranger things have happened. Like, Absolutely. Like, why? There's there's nothing definitive or, like, tactically that I'm like, oh, they can't overcome yeah. this. Right. Like, they, there's no, like, impenetrable wall that I don't think they can, they can take down, especially given what they did earlier this week. So I'm going to stay positive. Also. Say, hell yeah. I agree with you. I'm going to say United gets the win. Tiago Amado, I think people forget that he missed game one. Yeah, he was suspended. He's going to be there for game three. I think that makes a big difference for this team, especially playing in Columbus. Let's go United get a win. Next question. All righty, so we are finally into, well, not finally. We're in that time of year, you know, obviously. As soon as Halloween ends, people just skip over Thanksgiving, and it's immediately Christmas time, right? My question to you with all of this holiday spirit going around, what is your favorite holiday movie? Ooh, holiday movie. Ooh. Uh, let me not rush to judgment here. Let me make sure I give it a good... I'll, I'll, while you're thinking, I'll tell you mine. Okay. Because mine is a little cheat because it can be used on two holidays, and that's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Now, granted, I think The Nightmare Before Christmas is a Christmas movie, and I treat it as such, but like, if I want to watch it on Halloween, I'll definitely get it off. Yeah, that's a good choice, by the way. Um, you know, I know it's it's really cliche, but I'm going to say Charlie Brown Christmas. Not bad at all. Just And it's not even about the actual film itself, which is fine. It's, yeah, you know, yeah. it's Charlie Brown, Peanuts, you can't go wrong. It's the way that that movie makes me feel when it's on Christmas. Mm-hmm. Like, I never feel more of the Christmas spirit, so to speak, then that game's on, you know, you're sitting on the couch yeah. with the family, having a drink, eating good food, like that, and that sort of like embodies the holidays mm-hmm. for me, so it's not the best holiday movie ever made, but for but me, it's, it's everything around it. Yeah, That's, exactly. I'm, I, I like that. Sentimental answer. I like that. Not bad at all. All right, last question. All right, so the uh, Five Nights at Freddy movie has come out. I was very excited about it. Still haven't seen it yet, but I've heard a couple good things. My question to you, do you know, first things first, what Five Nights at Freddy's is? Tangentially, I know what it is. I definitely said that word wrong, but loosely (laughs) I know what it is. Okay, essentially the whole plot is you are a worker at like some place that's like a Chuck E. Cheese type deal, and these animatronic bears that they have are essentially trying to kill you during your shift. Oh. That's the point of the game, and that's what the movie was adapted to. My question to you is, do you think you could survive a night at Freddy Fazbear's Pizza, which is the name of the uh, pizzeria that the security guard works at? Do you think you could survive animatronic bears trying to kill you for one night? 
Ooh, one night. I mean, I think I'm a pretty creative person. Yeah. If I put those juices to the test of mm-hmm. trying to evade some sneak attacks from a big animatronic uh, bear, you know, I'm going to give a, you know what? Sure. I could do it. You can do it. one night. I believe I'm going to puff my chest out <laughs> a little bit. One night, I may come out battered and bruised, maybe missing a limb, but we got this. All right, Dom, great job. When we get back, let's talk some Hawks with our buddy Caleb Johnson reporting live from State Farm Arena ahead of a big matchup with the Heat. We'll get the latest from him. And can Trey turn those shooting numbers around? I think he can. We'll talk to Caleb next. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, Odyssey app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The other side of the glass is on. Oh, my God. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We are just about a half hour away from turning it over to Hawks pregame right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, and apropos of that, we head out to the WadeFords.com hotline, bringing our buddy Caleb Johnson, who's checking in live on scene of Hawks Heat. Hawks unveiling their new court tonight. Caleb, first of all, how's the court looking? Um, It looks good, man. It's uh, I will say it's far more tame than the in-season tournament court that is about to come out uh, next week you know, very vibrant with all the colors. This one is more on the tame side of still, um, you know, using a a light wood type color mixed in with the blue and black. And then this really cool Hawks shadow that is in the corners of, uh, of the court that, that I really like. All right. So this is the second week in a row, not to jinx it, that we get to talk positive things about the Atlanta Hawks. So let's start with what we saw in Mexico city, despite another not great shooting night, Trey puts on a show in Mexico city and reminds us all why he has a flair for the dramatic. Yeah, I think it was a, it was a really positive sign. We had, you know, for Trey to, to kind of be on the offensive run that he had been was just uncharacteristic. I think it was the third time in his career he had gone seven games without scoring at least 25 points or more. And so it was one of those, like, you knew the offense was going to come through at some point. Uh, and it, it finally showed up on a, on a big stage, which is not uncommon for Trey. You know, he, he tends to like the, the big stage when the lights are shining the brightest and he really showed out. I thought it was also nice to see his, his three ball falling. That's something that just hadn't been consistent so far this year. To, for him to also shoot a logo three was kind of like, okay, you know, almost like a bit of a, ah, okay, sigh of relief that, that things in the, in the offensive standpoint are starting to, to take a turn for the better. I think the, the one thing that is a bit of cause for concern is the defense was not great against Orlando, and that's something that obviously even Quinn Snyder tonight in his pregame uh, press availability 
talked about the fact that he he wants a defensive-minded team, and he wants that kind of being their core principle and the offense to supplement that because he looks at it as if you're playing really strong defense, that's going to help out on the offensive end, especially you think of things like in transition. And, and that's really what Quinn Snyder is trying to get this team to do. So uh, I think there was a lot of positive signs. And ultimately, like at the end of the day, the Hawks walking out of Mexico City with the win, instead of it being like, well, that was a really good effort, but they just didn't quite get it, um, feels like uh, a difference for this year's team. Uh, and I feel like that's why there's a lot, a lot of positivity just kind of buzzing around them right now. Now, Caleb, this is not the same Miami team we've been used to the past couple of years. They're 4-4, four and four, but not playing very well to start the season so far. What do you think the Hawks can take advantage of there? Well, not only is it that they're not playing well, I mean, the the amount of guys who aren't playing tonight, at least who are in pretty big roles, Guys like Tyler Hero, guys like Jimmy Butler, Josh Richardson is still kind of a game-time decision. So you're going to see a lot of 37-year-old Kyle Lowry. Of course, Bam Adebayo is going to do his thing. Um, But they don't have some of those gel guys that they had last year that helped them get to the NBA Finals. That shooting of, you you think of like a Max Struess, who's now up in Cleveland, or a Gabe Vincent who's out in L.A., like those, sure, they're not big, exciting names, but those were guys who were logging a lot of minutes for Miami last year and were playing really well in their roles. So, honestly, tonight, it's it's going to be strange, quite frankly. Oh, Caleb Martin's the other one who's out. Um, so, probably going to see a lot of the rookie, uh, Jacquez Jr., uh, Duncan Robinson, who is obviously kind of more of a role guy, I'm sure is going to play a lot more minutes. Uh, and then I just I kind of wonder um, about, you know, one of the older guys on the team who is who's really kind of attacked the Hawks in the past uh, is of Kevin Love. So it's just um, it's going to be quite honestly like an odd an odd game that I think from a Hawks perspective, you're not going to be able to take a whole lot of this film away in the other three games that you'll play against Miami coming down the line. Talking all things Hawks Heat with our buddy Caleb Johnson live from State Farm Arena. You have the pregame, correct? I do. Oh, what a that is all see all that's that's on me, Caleb. I've been saying Mike Conti has the pregame. And then I saw your tweet and I was like, oh man, Caleb's on the pregame tonight. That's pretty cool, my friend. Yeah, this is uh this is pregame or excuse me, this is home game number two for me. I think the fourth broadcast that I've got to work. I, I worked a couple last year. Uh, but getting to do my second home game, which is such a, a different feel because you're there in the arena, you get the energy, just getting to sit next to Steve and kind of chime in on the broadcast as it goes along is a lot of fun. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just a, it's a really cool opportunity that I'm going to take as much advantage of as I can. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be on in about uh, 30 minutes from now. Yeah, as, as everyone says, get those reps in, Caleb. Get them in. Get them in. All right, looking at this game, the something that you just described um, kind of made me think about this game in a different way that I wasn't before, so good job out of you there. Um, when you talk about guys like Kevin Love and Duncan Robinson, the Hawks can't sleep on a game like this because before you know it, Duncan Robinson could start six for eight from three, and then all of a sudden the entire complexity of the, of the game changes. You are exactly correct. It's the same. I look at it like Charlotte, like that first game of the season where you go, okay, well, this is, this is a team who doesn't have the same level of talent that you do. And so you should be just kind of 
able to do what you want and walk out of here with a pretty easy victory. It's still the NBA. It doesn't work that way. And honestly, the Hawks have had a bad rep in the past of having guys who maybe aren't the biggest star in the league go off and have a really strong performance. So you've got to limit, just like you said, the shooting ability of a guy like Duncan Robinson or Kevin Love, even in his elder state, you know, he's still a guy who can, uh, who can shoot the basketball and who can show up. And uh, honestly, outside of that, I mean, Kyle Lowry, like it's just a testament to the fact that he is still in the league and still producing, uh, you know, strong enough to be a starter at 37. So Tuesday looking ahead is going to be the first in-season tournament game for the Hawks on the road in Detroit. From what I've been hearing and reading, it sounds like there's been a little bit of an uptick in intensity and, and sort of an interesting vibe around these games that the players and the media are still trying to wrap their hands around. What do you expect in that first tournament game on Tuesday? Well, because it is Detroit, I expect quite a fight. You know, at least from what I've seen, it's felt like the teams who are maybe have some younger talent uh, who don't think that right now they're in the best spot to go win an NBA championship, it feels like those teams are taking this tournament really seriously because it's like, hey, this is an opportunity to claim a form of a championship, to get a form of a ring, and so you'll take it because the opportunity is being put in front of them. There's obviously some financial incentive along with those things as well, but it feels like I've seen the vets of the game kind of looking at this and being like, I don't know about this. I don't even understand all the rules. Unless you're the Atlanta Hawks. Because at, at uh, Media Day earlier this year, Wesley Matthews, the veteran on this Atlanta Hawks team, who, by the way, is uh, most likely going to play tonight, is on a 10-minute minutes restriction. Uh, that's what Quinn Snyder said uh, in his pregame availability. But Wesley Matthews was the one at Media Day who apparently called Quinn Snyder once he was signed to the Hawks and was like, hey, I want to look into this end-season tournament and see, you know, like, essentially, let's take this thing seriously. Like, what can we do to go about preparing and being ready to go? And so I love it that the fact that uh, I think the Hawks are going to take this seriously. It feels like we've seen a lot of pretty close games so far through, uh, uh, through I know, last week, the first slate of the end-season tournament games uh, were, you know, had a lot of two-point, six-point type games. And so – I would expect a similar type of, of contest, especially against Detroit, who's got a lot of young guys but has a veteran coach in Monty Williams who's going to want his guys to uh, try to win something. Now, before I let you go, I do have one curiosity here to pick your brain about, about what is going on with A.J. Griffin. He essentially doesn't really play. I mean, he's averaged about six to eight minutes of action when he does get in. He had a season-high 12 minutes against Washington, but he didn't score. Why do you think, after such a strong first half last season, the last half of last season and now bleeding into the start of this season, he's essentially been taken out of the mix? It's, it's tough. I think it's one of those things. If I were to go off what Quinn Snyder has said when he was asked about this earlier this week, it was just kind of like, look, minutes – are hard to come by. You know, you're not really going to have a 10-man uh, rotation right now. And so because of who the Hawks have, because honestly, here's the other part of this, Chris. Everyone's healthy, you know, knock on wood right now. Everyone's pretty much healthy for the most part, especially the guys who are in the regular rotation. So it's just been tough 
for AJ to get those minutes because on the flip side you go, well, whose minutes is he going to take? Now, I obviously know that Garrison Matthews got some minutes last week, and that had a lot of fans kind of asking some questions. I think there was a bit of some, some matchup thoughts and some also, you know, kind of wanting to see what you get from a, a guy like Garrison who is able to shoot the ball really well. And honestly, at this point in their career, Garrison plays better defense than A.J. does. It's not, you know, nothing harsh, or it's not like Quinn Snyder doesn't want A.J. Griffin or anything like that. I think there's just kind of a, a specific situation that they've got going on. And so um, it's, it's odd, and I think Hawks fans are not used to it because they're used to their young guys, their rookies playing, and especially now that you're seeing, you know, some development from a guy like Jalen Johnson who didn't play early but really shined, you're like, well, AJ should be getting those opportunities too. Um, I think they're going to come, but quite frankly, it might kind of come in an awkward way where somebody maybe deals with an injury or something like that later down the line. Uh, because the other part of this is what I just mentioned. Wesley Matthews is back, and I think they're going to want to try to see what they, you know, how much gas in the tank is left with Wesley. Uh, he's a, is a pretty established vet that can do some pretty successful things. Now, just just a theory here, Caleb. Maybe you know you can let me know if you disagree. Uh, okay. When I read the last three game logs for DeAndre Hunter, uh, it's a lot more of what we have unfortunately been used to seeing than some of this standout games because he has had a couple of those, which we've noted. But twelve points, eight points, and four points in the last three contests is that not an option, a spot for AJ to get a little bit of run if DeAndre's struggling like that? Um, I just, I think that is one of those, like you're looking at the offensive production that DeAndre maybe hasn't brought this team as much as of late. And I would honestly, I'm just purely curious as, as a, as a fan, as a broadcast, whatever you want to call me, um, if the dislocated finger might not have something to do with his shooting struggles, I don't know if that's the case, but I think what DeAndre brings on the defensive side of the ball just kind of quite frankly, outweighs what A.J. is able to do at this point. Um, that doesn't mean that Quinn might not try that out. Uh, I just don't know that that's an easy, hey, this guy is struggling and maybe this guy can shoot the ball one for one, you know, swap it out sort of thing. Sure, makes enough sense. I, listen, I'm just, I'm just spitballing here because I think A.J. can play and I would love to see him get a little bit more run than he's been getting this season. But, hey, as long, uh, who are we to complain, Caleb? If the Hawks keep stacking W's, that's all that matters. Absolutely. All right, my friend. Enjoy the game. Have a great call, and uh, we'll be listening to you right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. All right. Appreciate that, sir. All right. Caleb Johnson will be having the pregame duties. How about that for our boy Caleb as, I guess, Mike Conti is boarding a plane to Columbus to take on the crew tomorrow with Atlanta United. All right. When we get back, we'll wrap this puppy up, give you some final thoughts on the dogs and the Falcons. Don't go anywhere with you for another 20 minutes or so right here. Sports Radio, 929 The Game, Odyssey app. Okay, everybody ready to go. Back to Chris with more of The Other Side of the Glass with Sports Radio, 929 The Game. As we often discuss on this show, Dom, there are just some tracks you can't interrupt the beat drop. You gotta wait until it drops before you can come back on the air and start talking. 
And this song absolutely falls into that category. And a good song to get your Saturday night started, by the way. It's going to be a cool, chilly evening in the A. But as we know, every weekend in the A, there's plenty of stuff going on. I know I am looking forward to hitting a couple of my local establishments on my walk back home to my apartment later tonight when I get off the air with you guys in about uh, 10 minutes from now. And then, as we just heard, our buddy Caleb Johnson getting another shot to do some Hawks pre-half and post. So looking forward to listening to my buddy Caleb on the way home. All right, let's finish this puppy up. Last chance for romance here on the other side of the glass. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. And let's finish where we began, shall we? (sighs) Let's just get a win tomorrow, huh? I've hooted, I've hooted and hollered enough today for three hours, three and a half hours on this radio station today. As a matter of fact, we started the show by reading the definition of a must win. And I read a couple of them, as a matter of fact. And one of them fit absolutely perfectly for what this game represents for the Falcons tomorrow. And that is... A must-win is an opportunity that is critical to a company for either strategic or fiscal reasons. And that is exactly what this is for the Atlanta Falcons tomorrow. It's cosmetic. It's not mathematic. What do I mean by that? This game is a must-win for the Falcons because everything that goes around this win, Coach Smith, Bijan's usage rate, getting Kyle Pitts in the end zone, the defense not giving up explosive plays at a record pace, all of that stuff gets hushed for a little bit because it's the perfect time. You go and you stomp on Arizona's head, and then you get a bye week, and you come back, and you're completely reset. Your record is reset. Your place in the division is reset, and you are all set for the home stretch of this NFL season. But if you lose, oh boy, if you lose, everything and anything, and I mean everything, and I mean anything, is on the table. I mean everything. Read between the lines for that what you will, Falcons fans, but I mean everything. And that's really unfortunate to say. I like this team. I like the way it's run. I like the coach. I like the players. They need upgrades in certain spots for sure. But I like this team. I don't want to see this team broken up. Now, fortunately for me, there's too much money invested in too many key positions to have it broken up. But this team should be trending in a positive direction, working towards that all-important Lombardi trophy every year from now on. This was the starting block year. This was the year that was supposed to be the one that set the tone for a run, hopefully, to a Super Bowl. Not yet. That has not happened yet. It has been fits and starts and ups and downs and loop-de-loops on the roller coaster ride that has been this season so far. But a win tomorrow. A win versus a 1-8 Cardinals team with a quarterback making its first start on the season. It needs to happen. It can't not happen. It better happen. 30-10 to 10 is my final score prediction. 30-10. to 10. Bajan Robinson gets in the end zone twice by hook or by crook. I don't care if it's on the ground. I don't care if it's in the air. I don't care if it's two rushing touchdowns or two passing touchdowns. He's getting in the end zone twice tomorrow. Kyle Pitts will also be finding his way into the end zone tomorrow. 
And you know what I wouldn't be surprised about in all honesty? I think Arthur Smith may make a point of it. And that doesn't mean he's weak. That doesn't mean he's listening to the media. That doesn't mean that he's trying to appease the fan base. That that means that he sat long and hard and did some self-scouting and said, you know what? Maybe I am getting a little bit too cute. He admitted that on Dukes and Bell. And maybe he says, you know what? Let's just get back to basics. You know what we're going to do? We're going to put on our big boy boots. We're going to line up, and we're going to run Bajon Robinson 22 times tomorrow. We're going to throw it to him four times. We're going to give him 26 touches tomorrow. And you know what else we're going to do? We're going to say, Tyler Algier, you're running right up the middle, big boy. You're getting 18 carries tomorrow, and you're getting a catch out of the backfield as well. CP, what's up? You want to line up for us? All right, big fella. You're getting a carry in the red zone too because those big thighs and those, as Mike Bell likes to say, razor-sharp elbows that he has, when you get him going, he can make some damage happen, as we know. I believe the the touchdown number, I believe, is 19 since he's become a Falcon, which is pretty astounding. Um, It just it goes such a long way in saying that the start to this season and the bumps in the road do not define us. They do not say that we are this team, once again, who's going to be stuck in the muck and the mire of a bad division and fight and scratch and claw our way to being mediocre. I truly believe this team is better than that. I'm not just saying that. I wouldn't say it if I didn't believe it. What's the point? If I thought that they were going to crap themselves and make a mess of this situation and not get it done, what good would it do me to say otherwise? Because all I would be is another radio host who's proven wrong time and time again. And frankly, there's enough of those out there. I don't need to be I don't need to be another statistic, okay? I'm here to tell you what I think is actually going to happen. And from training camp until where we are now, I have seen the type of talent and the capabilities that this franchise can put on display. It's been there at times. It's just been mind-numbingly stupid at other times with stupid mistakes and penalties and false starts and fumbles and interceptions that end the game. I mean, just things that you couldn't even, if you were writing a script on how to screw it up, you wouldn't even write it that well, the way that some of these games have gone. But even despite all of that, they're just one game under 500 with a chance to get back to 500 tomorrow and find themselves right in the thick of a division race. Yes, are they in the benefit of being in what I consider the worst division in football? Yes, they are. But you have to take the cards that you're dealt. You're not always going to be in a position to succeed like this. Tampa's going to reset. Carolina and Bryce Young are going to be better than they are this year. We'll see what happens with the Saints in New Orleans. It's not always going to be gift-wrapped to you this way. Again, that's why this season was so important. We all circled 2023 on the calendar. We all did. Because we knew that this was going to be the first season that Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith were going to be able to dip their hands deep into the cookie jar and construct the roster that they wanted to construct. To put together the team that they thought was representative of their vision for the Atlanta Falcons. They have not been able to do that for the first two years. Because they had no money. None. No money. Matt Ryan's contract still loom large. Julio Jones's contract still loom large. They made bad decisions in bringing in some free agents. They had to let other guys go. Keanu Neal and the like. Th- those are players that were not a part of the long-term vision for this team. They had to make some tough decisions about the direction that this team was going to go. 
It's essentially been completely reshaped. The guys that are here, Grady Jarrett, he's out for the season. A.J. Terrell, he's not having his best season. So it's up to other guys on this roster to step in and get it done. All right, Dom, we got two minutes left. Feet to the fire here. Give me a score. Give me a prediction for the game tomorrow. Falcons win, but I am not as bullish on 30 and 10 <laughs> as you are. Uh, Kyler Murray coming off an injury, I think, in a new system, that offense will struggle. I think this defense is kind of a get-right game for them. Um, give me the Falcons to win this one 23-10. to 10. How do they score those 23 points? We'll be super positive and say Bijan and Kyle Pitts score to uh, score a touchdown, both of them. Touchdown for each and then field goals. Okay. That's not exactly lighting it up, but it's not, but it's enough to win this game. Okay. Fair enough. 30 to 10, baby. Sound the alarms ringing in on this Saturday evening in Atlanta. Get it ready, baby. We are going hard. We are going ham, and we are gonna dominate this game from pillar to post. Kyler Murray's gonna look like a quarterback who hasn't played in a year and he's going to throw the ball all over the yard and somebody maybe like Jesse Bates gets the Dukes and Bell bounce. He gets another interception this season. We know he has a penchant for causing fits for quarterbacks when he knows the play before they do. I'll say it one last time. Need to win this game, ladies and gentlemen. If this game is not won, it's going to be a really, really tough bye week for this team and Frankly, I don't know what kind of team is going to show up on the other side of it. But let's not think about that. 4 p.m. tomorrow. You know where your butt is sitting on the couch. You're turning on the radio right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. And Wes and Arch will guide you through what is hopefully another humongous victory for the Atlanta Falcons that resets the team and resets their path to the playoffs in 2023. All right, don't forget as well, Star 94 tomorrow, Atlanta United. That's your place to be for the match if you want to listen as well. Thanks to Dom. Thanks to Joe Patrick, Caleb Johnson, and Joe DeLeon for joining me. I'll be back with you guys next Saturday. And, of course, for the 30-minute shorty shows on Monday and Thursday right here. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, Odyssey app.